Well, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Clive. I'm one of the elders here at Forest Town Church, and it's my privilege to share some thoughts with you this afternoon or this evening. Christmas 2020 has been carrying some great expectations. Um, it's been looked forward to for months now as a time, a, a bright spot in the, in the middle of what has been something of a bleak year, a time of coming together and sharing in what has been a year of isolation and separation. And I've shared that anticipation with, with all of you, um, a chance to put aside the, the, the lurking thoughts of, of COVID and to concentrate on the joy of Christmas. And so I share with you as well the disappointment when last night a new lockdown was instituted and so many of our plans were brought to nothing. And it was fascinating that it, it didn't take many minutes before the internet to come alive with comments on what had just happened. And within an hour, I received a, an email from someone with a, a little note saying, only 371 sleeps till Christmas, um, which seemed to tie in with the general theme of what was being said in the media, and that was that Christmas has been cancelled. Now, I, I need to say to you that I share the sadness that so many of our plans have been cancelled. I share a sadness that I won't be able to be with my friends and family in the way that we planned on Christmas Day and that many of the activities that we were hoping would be let in have not been let in. But I, I stand here this afternoon to contest the assumption that Christmas has been cancelled. Um, our reading referred to the expectations of the arrival of the Messiah and I would say this to you, that when Jesus arrived on the earth, his arrival was not unexpected. Although it wasn't in the way that people anticipated, it was not unexpected. If you go into the Old Testament, there are many, many prophecies of the coming of the Messiah. And what was read in, in Malachi was one emphasis. I'll read it to you again. I will send my messenger, and that talks of John the Baptist, who will prepare the way before me. And then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple the messenger of the covenant whom you desire. Israel was in anticipation of the Messiah coming. They were longing for the coming of the Messiah. There'd been hundreds of years in which the prophets had been silent, but before that, there'd been much said about this Messiah. But at no point did God say exactly what he would look like and exactly how he would arrive. In fact, he's, the anticipation that people had was built up from many different layers of prophecy, and people had different expectations. There was the wonderful expectation of a child in Isaiah chapter 9. Let's read that. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and holding it with justice and righteousness from that time and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accompany this. A wonderful picture of, of a prince that's coming, of, of a, a child prince who will be wonderful and, and powerful. And then there's a, a different aspect raised in Isaiah chapter 53, reading from verse 1 to 12. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender root, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. 
Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. A different picture of the Messiah. And over the years, different people had built up different expectations. Through centuries, people had built up these expectations of what was happening with this Messiah that would come. Even foreigners sought a kingly birth. In Matthew chapter 2, we read of the Magi that came. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. They came seeking a king. They went to Jerusalem, the center of the, of the, of the, the, the kingdom, to seek a new king. And then there were some who it seems were almost unsuspecting because we read in uh, Luke chapter 2 of a group of unsuspecting people who are drawn into the story. It says that there were angels, sorry, there were shepherds looking after their flocks by night when angels came to them and said, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. All of these different expectations, people wondering who this person would be, having an anticipation of what his birth should look like, what it would look like, their leaders, the religious leaders, having an expectation of somebody who would come and not just deliver Israel from the oppression of the Romans, but also they believed would rule the world. All of these expectations held for many years, held for centuries, greatly anticipated, and in a time when Israel really needed a Messiah, when Israel was oppressed, when Israel was a, a land of occupation of a foreign nation, and they were longing and crying out for a Messiah. And at this time, a quiet family in a small village introduces to the world God's gift of love and reconciliation that the world didn't know what to do with. Some of our expectations for Christmas have been ambushed. Some of the ways that we think Christmas should look have been ambushed. But I would put it to you that in the same way that expectations were not met when Jesus arrived, God's perfect plan will have its way, and God's plan for our lives is eternal and not short-lived. Jesus did not arrive as a short-term solution for the political situation of the day. He arrived as an eternal solution for bringing mankind back into relationship with God. He arrived as a, a wonderfully loved gift. He arrived for those who were expecting a king to be a king, for those expecting a savior to be a savior, but actually in the person of a small child who would live his whole life in obedience to his father. And so I would challenge you as to what your expectations for this Christmas are. And I would speak especially to those people that I would liken to the unsuspecting shepherds. I think that there may be people this afternoon listening to us as we, as we share here this, this, this day and in anticipation of Christmas, who have a passing understanding or knowledge of who Jesus is. And I would say, and I would respectfully say, that you really do need to hear the true message of Christmas. The child that was born and laid in a, in a, a little wooden manger became a man who lived his entire life in obedience to his father, and came eventually to a wooden cross in innocence, to be crucified, to be used by his father 
as a living sacrifice, as a, a sacrifice brought to pay for the sin of the world, to open up a way for us to have a relationship with God. If you don't know God as your Father, if you feel that this world has little to offer you, if you feel that you don't know this person that everyone talks about as a Heavenly Father, I would say to you that at this Christmas time, the gift that God gave to us 2,000 years ago is as relevant as it's ever been. Jesus came, paid the price that you needed to pay to God and that I needed to pay to God for our sins, died for us so that we didn't have to die, and introduced us to a situation where it says to us that we can be called the sons of God. I'd like to read you probably my favorite verses for Christmas time from the book of John chapter 1. And verse 9 says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You have the right to become a child of God because of this baby that was born, because of the one that we're celebrating in song this afternoon, because of the one that we're celebrating in what we read this afternoon, because of a person who came to bring his life for your life. You can be placed in a relationship with God that is righteous and holy. You can have eternal life. You can have a restored beginning an end, well, no end really, in what God has created for you. It's wonderful news, and although I have a great sadness that many of the things that I was looking forward to in this season are going to be put on hold, I have a great joy that the true message of Christmas is eternal, unbroken, it's not cancelled. Christmas has not been cancelled. I would encourage you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to get in contact with us or somebody that you know and ask them to tell you how to go through the simple process of acknowledging Jesus Christ as your Lord, of accepting this gift that was brought to us and of changing your life forever. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the, the fullness of your plan coming about through this little child. We thank you for the man that he grew to become and for the sacrifice that he became. And we thank you that we have everything to rejoice about this afternoon, that our our Christmas has never been cancelled. It's still valid. The offer is still open. And I pray, Lord, for people listening this afternoon that don't know you, to have the joy in their hearts of knowing that they can know you, that they can belong to you, that they can be your children. I pray for that in the name of Jesus. Amen.